You are Locked On Seminoles, your daily podcast on the Florida State Seminoles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Seminoles. I'm your host, Max, and in the co-pilot seat or the navigator seat, depending on how we're driving this thing, I, I, I don't know, Drake, what do you think? Are we more of a fighter jet or are we more of a more of a uh, passenger plane? Because that really matters, I feel like. I think typically when we do this sort of format, I think we're more the fire jet kind of plane. Like I'm the goose to your maverick, you know, before, before you know, what happens in the movie. I haven't seen him. I'm not going to spoil it for you, but I think we're definitely, you know, flying the F-22. Guys, it's the Top Gun's been out for 25 years. If you haven't seen it yet, I mean, come on. Funny story. My 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 dad um, didn't have a ton of discretion about like what movies to let children watch, and um, you know, because back then you couldn't just give your kid a tablet and like watch what you wanted to watch. Or if you're like me and you're smart, you throw you know Miraculous up on the Netflix and you pop in the headphones and you watch your tablet. But anyway. And so, so I saw Top Gun at a very young age and we went to a Christian school, Christian daycare. And apparently my brother during nap time one time decided to reenact Top Gun and use the words uh, that they use during Top Gun. Uh, so lights go out, oh it boy. gets quiet, I- we hear, GD, I got bogeys all over me. Lights go on, parents get called. Mom still tells the story to this day. It's a very embarrassing moment. So I can only uh, imagine Maggie's face at that moment. That just sounds hysterical to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that that's my Top Gun story, but I'm a huge Top Gun fan. So anyway, I've got my navigator here, the goose to my maverick, Drake. Uh, Dave is actually at work, but you will get to hear from him later, as y'all probably heard Monday. We did our first live and together episode uh, in Tallahassee. We recorded Sunday. And folks, we had a great conversation. I mean, I think... You know, this last season, we didn't get to go to any games. And and Drake, give me your opinion on it. But to me, there's something to be said about reporting on a game you were actually at versus watching on TV. Because, like, your opinions aren't skewed by commentators. You you see, like, more stuff on the field, not just what the cameras show you. And I, I think we brought them the goods yesterday, don't you? I think we really did. That's the first time, actually, I've been, I've been back at Tallahassee since 2016. And the last game I went to was the – Infamous, you know, Dalvin Cook, you know, Freddie Stevenson cut block. That was not a cut block, but we're not going to get too deep into those weeds. But no, it was, it's really nice to hear, actually be there to see, like, you know, face, like, be face to face with the team to see that all that. And also, like, I, you're right. I was able to formulate, like, my own opinion on what I saw because I, I do, I did, did catch the play by play back, the uh, replay. I, there was a little more. I, I mean, I loved KZ on Saturday, but I mean, I thought there was a little bit too much love with it. And I, but, and Jordan Travis, I think, was kind of seen as, you know, the odd man out, which I didn't think was necessarily the case so yeah you're right it was nice actually you know get be able to get my own opinion from what i saw and also just to be around you know people you know uh, other press people yeah that was neat i mean i'm not gonna lie being in the being in the press box was cool you know we got to kick it with some of the folks where if you listen to us you know you're probably familiar with a lot of these journalists um but i mean my favorite moment was walking we, we get off the elevator and like gene deckerhoff is just right there we're like, oh, shoot. So we introduced ourselves. He actually spoke at my graduation and he remembered the graduation he'd spoke at. Um, so that was a really neat experience. We actually went to Township and Madso, that area afterwards, and uh, we got to kick it with some uh, some of the other other folks on the beat that we're actually going to – we'll have them on the show as part of our State of the FS Union series, which will be dropping later this summer. It was just a blast. I mean, what a what a time. Um 
but yeah, I think it, I think it helped us cover the game a lot better as well. I think uh, I, I feel much more educated about that game than I do about any game I just watched on TV last year. So we brought you all the goods, and because our conversation kind of went went long, so we're actually going to finish up today uh, talking about the running backs and the linebackers. And I think we gave you some good takes on that. But I will say I rewatched the game today, and I say something in the last segment. Where, you know, I was like, look, it's kind of hard to watch the linebackers because we spread out so much. But the other thing that, I, you know, I knew we'd gone to the, the whatever, 424, 425. Uh, but I forgot that that means like sometimes you legit only have one true linebacker out there. So I wasn't crazy. Just like we aren't, look, it was, it was our weakest unit on defense and we're disguising it by just having less of them on the field. Uh, that being said, yeah, I mean, you'll hear my opinion. I think Dix was great. I think Lundy. Still young, but very physical, very athletic, fun to watch. And DJ Williams, uh, I, when I rewatched the game, did not get enough love, but that kid runs like it's oh, awesome. Some- I, I I love it so much, man. He's just a thick kid. He you know he like how Jordan Travis runs into contact. That he wants to invite it. He's the same way, but actually, DJ Williams has the size and the frame to just bowl over people like a giant bowling ball, like the boulder for from like Temple of Doom and Deion Jones style. It's awesome. I also didn't realize that uh, Jordan Travis has put on fifteen pounds on on camera. He looks thicker. Do you, like, Does he really? Yeah, he's put on 15 pounds. That's a different kind of skinny, then, man. I didn't, I didn't notice that. To be honest with you, and he looks lean. I mean, he doesn't look like. I mean, he, you know, he, he didn't put on Bryson DeChambeau weight. He put on like legitimate weight room weight. And you had asked me yesterday, do his balls look like they have more zip on them? And um, you know, it, like I said, from the press box, it's hard to see. But rewatching the game today, I really examined his balls, and I could tell you that they've got a lot more zip on them. I mean, his throw over the middle or multiple throws over the middle, they just. It, there's less arc on the ball, and you could tell it gets there faster. Um, and then KZ, again, just the most polished passer out of all of them. Uh, I think his legs are definitely, definitely back. I mean, he, you know, he, I forgot, I'd forgotten he had like a good 18 yard scramble, so he looks good there. Um, but yeah, I think you're you're absolutely right. It kind of felt like, oh, Jordan Travis is the odd man out. And then it might have been Adelson. I don't know if she was commentating. It, it was one of the females who kind of stopped and was like, no, no, no. Like, this is a legit quarterback competition. Like, Mackenzie Milton mm-hmm. doesn't have this job sewn up. And they, it might have been it might have been Adelson because I know that she's, like, super close with Mackenzie Milton. She was the one that broke the news that he was, you know, transferring to Florida State. She helped cover him, you know, his recovery from his, uh, his leg injury. But you can tell the way that she – like, he – talks about it he invites competition he loves this sort of thing he just he came here you know not to be given something but to earn it back kind of in a way as the opposite with UCF where it was now Dylan Gabriel's team at that point and I think Adelson probably was kind of feeding that off like hey like he knows he needs to work out of here because especially Jordan Travis you know I I mean to me he was he's a, he's a decent quarterback I still think he's still a long way to go to be you know the, a great quarterback that he can be like the Lamar Jackson that we discussed because of his, his extra mobility that dynamic he brings with his legs but, I mean, I'm very excited to see the two of them go on, and I'm pretty sure we're not going to, like I said yesterday, we're not going to know who's the quarterback for Notre Dame until probably the night before. So Yeah, and I want to say this, too. I think that McKenzie Milton is the more NFL-ready of those two quarterbacks, and the reason I'm saying that a whole year in advance is I think even if KZ doesn't start, like maybe if Jordan Travis's skill set makes him a better fit for this offense, what I saw yesterday, I absolutely believe that McKenzie Milton has a future playing football you know, next year. So I think he probably realizes that too. And I don't think he's the type where if he's not named a starter, because again, it's different skill sets. Like you're, it's not like entourage where he cheated, his wife cheated on him with his twin brother. You know, it's like, it's like a completely different thing. So I imagine KZ starter or not is going to be 
incredibly active in elevating that room and making Jordan a better player, making Tate a better player, and hopefully, you know, if he's healthy from rehab, making Chuba a better player. Actually, speaking of that, he just came out, I think, earlier today that he's cleared for summer workouts. So that's actually a very, very good thing. I think because I think he went back to Arizona to get a second opinion on his shoulder, and hopefully, you know, I like I said before, he's only been on campus for less than a year, so I'm not on the you know Chuba. I'm out on that train yet. But I just hopefully he just gets healthy. He's able to, you know, consistently, you know, acclimate himself to the playbook because I think he has a very, very bright future here. Look, sometimes something that gets repaired can be just as good as, you know, it was when it was brand new. And look, folks, if you need to repair your car and make it like brand new, there's only one place you should go. For your auto parts needs, go to rockauto.com. That's R-O-C-K-A-U-T-O.com. It's one of the largest businesses of its kind, you can get literally any part you need. Folks, if you're intimidated by car repair, don't be. I used to be. And then I actually went to YouTube and I fixed up my car one time and I saved a ton of money. But I've told this story before. I went to an auto parts store. They didn't have the right alternator. Went to another one. They didn't have it. I ordered one online. It got in. It was for the wrong model, but it was still for the Jeep. Had to send it back. And it was such a pain in the neck. But I actually today, right now as we speak, I am on rockauto.com and I think, hey, if I had to repair my 2014 Jeep Compass, how would I do it? Folks, their interface is so simple. You can tell it was a family-owned business by people who actually know what people have to go through when they search for car parts. You you click on your make, click on your uh, your year, so I get my 2014 Compass, tell them which engine I have, and boom, I've got literally everything listed I need. So you want to save a little bit of money if it's something simple that you can do yourself, or if you're really handy, you got access to YouTube, and you want to try something more complex, it doesn't matter what part you need, rockauto.com's got you covered. So as I mentioned, we are going to plug in our last segment uh, talking about the running backs and linebackers, which is going to be a great conversation, I promise. But before we do that, let's talk about what's on everyone's mind. I mean, we got to talk about recruits. Drake, I'm going to let you dive in and talk about the actual details. All I'm going to say is that I got to see Travis Hunter in person, and I thought that was pretty cool. I was walking by him outside of a restaurant, and I like saw him walking. Yo, Trav! And he turns around. And I was like, and I, I didn't know what to do. I was like a dog that caught the mail truck. I just kind of, hey. And and I want I want to put a disclaimer, folks. When you listen to our our podcast, um, Drake is sort of our recruiting guru. But we are uh, boosters, all three of us. So we're very, very careful about talking to recruits and, and what we say to them. So uh, if you wonder why, like, you know, we don't have recruits interview one on one, that's that's why. But Drake, uh, I just want to put that y'all don't care, but legally to protect ourselves. So nothing gets misconstrued of how. Oh, I yeah. No, like we, 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 I like I make a big effort to tell everybody here that we don't go out of our way to speak to them because I don't want to jeopardize, you know, their ability to actually eligibility to play at the next level in order to I want to get you know me or my friends in trouble for anything so basically we do we do our best when it comes to recruiting but it was not just I mean it's not just us I mean like I was because like you and Dave uh stayed in the press conference I wanted to walk around like I said before I wasn't haven't been to Doak in the past five to six years I wanted to actually you know walk around get some fresh air and like they just to take it back in again like while wow, I am back here after a long time and I just see literally as I walk out just group of kids it's Nico Markiel, who, by the way, is a mini version of Max. They dress exactly the same. They set, they have the same exact voice, and they have that same sort of like you know, like I'm the big dog mentality on campus with that thing. The but no one around. ever offered me a Division One quarterback scholarship. 
uh, I had to earn this arrogance without doing anything. So, I mean, that's best. You also were in a fraternity and rush chair. kind of helped a lot, honestly. But it was him and I, it was Travis Hunter, and they were attached to the hip. And you can, like, for a lot of things that I always say, I'm one of those people that's saying that, you know, you're not really committed until you sign the NLI either during the early signing period or the late, uh, the regular early signing day. That's to me, these kids, I don't think they're going to go anywhere. You can tell the way they were hanging out each other attached to the hip. They were like, I can hear them be like saying, what are we doing after this? What are we doing after that? And they were, they got into town like super early. Like, I'm like we saw Travis Hunter on Friday. Well, we saw a group of yeah, them. No, sure no, no. We Thursday. saw him on Thursday night, bro. Yeah, sorry. That Thursday was our Thursday night. Right. So we went out Thursday night to dinner um, and we decided to go have, oh, no, it was Friday night. I'm sorry. Yeah, Friday night, we all went to grab beers in College Town. And, uh, you know, we got there pretty early because, you know, we're all pushing 30 now. So I, yeah, I think we I think we got there about <laughs> seven o'clock, um, yeah. which is like dinner time for most people. And there was a table of probably 10 of them. Um, I don't remember their names, but you, look, you can tell when it's the recruits because they all are wearing like a freshly bought. They're either wearing a high school merch or something they just bought from the bookstore. And mm-hmm. they look massive, but they also look like they're 17. So there are probably 10 or 12 of them. There are probably like four or five parents with them sitting at this massive table at Madso. And dude, these kids looked like they were just having a blast, like happy to be there. And and I'm sure everyone looks like that on their visits. But remember, this is an unofficial visit where they can't even talk to coaches. So like to see that our recruiting class is already having enough camaraderie where like dozens of kids, like that group again was probably close to a dozen. By the time I got to the Unconquered statue, you were there. There were still two dozen of them just hanging out with each other. Oh, at my, the statue, yeah, like Lord. they literally looked like a, a fraternity pledge class already. Now, look, folks, we got to play the games. All right. We're going to hit some speed bumps when we, you know, are losing a few games and some of these other schools are coming in with offers. We're not getting all 25 of them, but to see a five star and a highly rated quarterback working this hard in April to recruit kids into their recruiting class, like if that doesn't get you excited, I, I go to Bush Gardens or something because I don't know what I don't know I don't know what does it for you. I mean, no, like, but you can tell that, like, I mean, back to just like seeing them how they were interacting just now with each other, like Travis Hunter and you know Nick and Mark. Like, you know, you saw like some fans were talking to them. They were being you know, very sunning themselves up. And there's also they, the way they would bring in like you know kids that weren't even committed yet or kids that you know that were probably across the country checking out Florida State. I remember I saw Nigel Lee Kelly also speaking with them. Another Florida State commit, Aaron Hester was there as well. Quayshawn Sapp. And I want to say, I think Dodger Richardson was there as well. And the way they just all, there was like a, like they had a click. Like, you know, you know, Max, like how, when we used to go out, it would be like me, you, Cam, Parker. And that was like the four of us would go out like, okay, oh, that's the crew right there. That's the, you know, we know what's about to to be going down. That's kind of like, I got the same exact feeling. Like when I saw like Nico and Travis and that, it was like, it was like literally just a squad, like the squad, like from like Mean Girls. Like, Like, oh, these kids are about to, you know. This this kids these classes gonna be extremely special. I mean, they you can tell they had a blast, and I'm honestly I'm a little more surprised that we didn't see more kids pop for commitments. I know Rodney Hill did commit before the spring game. He was also part of that group, and he's you know he had he did committed from UVA while he was at UVA's campus for their spring game apparently, and then came over here and committed before our spring game. So you can just tell the the atmosphere that that Travis Hunter and Nico Markiel is really infectious, and I'm just super super stoked that we have these two kids that are promoting us and like are the front runners, the crown jewels to bring FSU football back to where we should be. 100%. And, and that's the last thing I want to say about this class. I think what's important about Mark Yall and Travis Hunter, Mark Yall has been a little more vocal about it. He understands what he's getting into. Mark Yall is not under any sort of impression that 
he's going to come into a 12-win Florida State team and, you know, be E.J. Manuel. Like, he's very much aware he's the Christian Ponder. Like, his goal is to turn this place around and be part of a massive rebuild. Um, and, yeah, I think – look, I also think Mark Norvell's a really smart guy. I don't think it's a mistake that two early enrollee true freshmen – freshmen, one scored a touchdown and one had three catches for, like, 75 yards – and another true freshman early enrollee got a pick yesterday. So those kids, I, sorry, I wanted to mention that. I think them seeing, oh yeah, early enrollees, true freshmen are going to play on this team. Hey, and if you're good, you're going to get burned. So um, yeah, I think that was also probably big for their visit. I don't know, man. If if you had to gauge it right now on the odds that we keep a top 15 class uh, on National Signing Day, where would you put us? That's tough because the only way I think we – because we – I'm at the camp right now that if we win like six, maybe seven games, I think we can get a top 10 class. But if you want to say just simply top 15 and if we stick with that like I guess five wins, maybe six wins, I'd probably give us like a 65% chance of keeping a top 15 class if we – maybe five wins. But if we did that six-win threshold, we should be top 10. And honestly, if we do the eight wins like I projected yesterday – I could honestly see us pushing for maybe like a number seven or number six class and maybe like being right on the outside of the top five, which is a lot coming from me because I am probably the most hypercritical one of Mike Norvell on this entire podcast when it comes to recruiting, specifically because of his lack of, you know, I guess was experience in the South Florida area. When to me, that's a very talent rich part of the state and that's where your bread and butter is made if you want to be competitive at the call at the D1 level. But right now he's shutting me up, and I have no problem, you know, eating crow um, when December fifteenth or December ninth comes around. Well, and that's the thing we've talked about, and then um, we'll, we'll get to the we'll get to the running backs and the linebackers. Is that whether you're a dark side knoll, a light side knoll, however you want to feel about Mike Norvell, the the reality is we need him to be successful. I mean, I don't, I personally don't want Mike Norvell to be good or bad. I I could honestly care less. I want Florida State to be good at football. So I really, really hope that Mike Norvell's the guy because I would like us to win some national championships. But uh, yeah, I think he's doing great on the recruiting trail. Ton of momentum. You felt it in the spring game. Miami's got their spring game next weekend. So we'll see like, you know, does some of that momentum with the South Florida kids dissipate after they go to that game? You know, who knows? We'll see. But 65% chance of having a uh, having a top 15 class, uh, I think that's pretty sure. And if any of you are pretty sure about a sporting event, 65% or so, make sure you head on over to betonline.ag, B-E-T-O-L-I-N-E.ag. They have props and odds on pretty much anything you could imagine. You can bet the NHL or the NBA if you're feeling just like having a casual weeknight. But if you want to get crazy, they've got horses, they've got reality shows, they've got award shows. You can do it all. So head to betonline.ag and use the promo code Locked On L-O-C-K-E-D. O N and you'll get a 50% bonus on your first deposit just for signing up. It's free money. That'll make you money. So head on over to betonline.ag and tell them we sent you. So with that, let's dive into the running backs and, and the linebackers. And folks, if the sound quality is a little off, I kind of apologize, but there's also a cool atmosphere that the three of us got to record this uh, yesterday in person. So uh, let's head over on to Max, Dave, and Drake. Guys, take it away. Then I guess the the last two groups to discuss in the backfield situation is the running backs and the um, and the linebackers. I I want to keep this quick because to be honest, I I think they didn't run they didn't run a ton, but 
The guy I was very, very surprised by was DJ Williams. Uh, in fact, I got to ask Mike Norvell a question about him, and his face like kind of lit up a little when I asked the name. Uh, you know, this kid, he's six, he's 5'10", 222. So we, we thought, you know, hey, he's going to be the bowling ball. He's going to be the third down back. But I got to tell you, his versatility is incredible. I mean, I, he caught multiple passes out of the backfield. They can put him out in space. They can put him between the tackles. Um, I mean, he's, he's literally LaDainian Webb, but bigger, stronger, faster, and better at football. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's the only reason that kid is not playing at Auburn because he did transfer from Auburn over here is because they have a kid by the name of Tank Bigsby who's probably going to be a first-round pick in the NFL draft. That kid is probably – him and Jameer Gibbs, to me, are the closest thing you get to, like, solid, solid backs. I mean, Tank Bigsby is like Nick Chubb. Jameer Gibbs, Georgia Tech, is basically baby Dalvin. And the only reason – that's the only reason why he came to Florida State. He has the recognition with, you know, Coach Dillingham. So, basically, he understands the playbook already, kind of how he has a, a head start with it. But no, he's super athletic. Is great at blocking. I mean, we saw with the run with Brandon Gann, he literally almost just literally blew him up in the middle of the damn field. I thought we had to get some CSI out there to get the ball. <laughs> it was wild. Yeah, the thing that excited me most about him is, like you said, Max, he catches the ball with soft hands. I don't think he dropped one. Um, yeah. But not even just that. He runs inside and out. For a guy his size to run outside and still be able to get on the edge, you wouldn't think at 220 he's as fast as he is. But that dude is quick. He is a big boy, but no, he is deceptively quick. Uh, and then the linebackers, I think, I, you know, to be honest, it was kind of hard to watch the linebackers because I'm, you know, watching the offense most of the time. And the way this defense works, like against our own offense, maybe this is going to make me sound stupid, but it's kind of hard to tell who the linebackers are a lot of times because they were running so many spread formations that you saw guys having to go out in coverage and you're like, you know, look, when, when you're trying to only observe the linebackers, there's kind of that moment of like, oh, shoot, is that a linebacker and nickel covering this slot? <laughs> yeah. You know, and from the press box, you're way up there. So it's kind of, you can't tell how big anyone is. Oh, know? no, everyone looks so small. I, yeah, I made yeah, a comment yeah. to you, and I was like, am I watching a peewee game? Exactly. These dudes look tiny. And then you see Geno English, the walk-on, come out, and I'm like, oh, my God, they let, they let the five-year-old come out to play the ball? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Geno English, by the way, guys, um, he he actually, you know... He, to me, he looked better than Rodrigo. Yeah, well, <laughs> he looked better than Rodrigo, in my he, opinion. He's a very serviceable scout team quarterback. I mean, I think, you know, if that's the guy getting our our, our uh, number ones ready for Saturdays, I feel pretty good about him. He oh, actually had some nice throws. And great football name, too. Yeah, Gino English. I mean, Jinglish, you know? It's yeah, like, not bad. I like that. I like it, he put, a, he put a little English on a touchdown. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. He did. So, I liked watching him. But the linebackers looked good. You know, Dix is still... Um, or I'm, not, I'm sorry, not Dix, Lundy. Lundy does this thing that drives me nuts where he is such a physical human being and he's so aggressive. Uh, there were a couple of times where he gave up more yards than he should on either a screen or a, a run because he run, does this thing where he runs up to a blocker and instead of trying to shed the blocker, he just loves to initiate that contact. And it's like, hey, that's great for the D-line, but your job is to make the tackle in space and get that blocker out of the way. That was one thing I, I very specifically noticed and wrote down. But overall, this linebacking core is uh, easily my my most improved unit of the team from what we saw last year. I mean, didn't see a lot of blown coverages over the middle. Uh, they tackled well in space. I don't think we didn't see any crazy, you know, them getting gashed on big runs, although I think... There were probably one or two that Jordan Travis may have taken for an extra 15 yards in, in tackle football, but 
I think they I think they look much improved. Yeah, you know, it's like a it's a baby step situation where it's going to sound like excuse making, but they weren't really out of place too much. You saw the one where Jordan Travis sucked the linebacker in and you had that long pass over the middle, but other than that, they seem to be relatively in position even if they didn't always make the play right at the point of attack and that's a big improvement over what we've seen from the linebackers the last few years. So then, Max, how did you feel about your boy, your fellow child's alumni, Amara Gaynor, on the day, though? I'm going to be honest. I He did exactly what I wanted Amara Gaynor to do. I barely noticed he was out there because he didn't make any big mistakes. Mm-hmm. He seemed to cover his assignments. Admittedly, I wanted to see, you know, is this team coaching each other all the that's kind of hard to see from up in the press box. I, I'm, you know, because guys, we were on the front row of the press box, so we actually couldn't see the sideline without like standing up. We've learned like why no one was sitting on the front row. Well, that because the Masters was on until TV's upstairs too. Of course, but uh, but no, no, I, <laughs> right. I, I think he looked good. I think the linebackers looked good. So why don't we take a quick minute and each just starting, uh, Dave? We'll start with you. Why don't we each do you know 60, 120 seconds, whatever, just. Spring practice is over, so this is now the team going into fall camp relative to last year, whatever, however you want to put it. How do you feel about the team now? I feel like the team is better, and that's not saying a whole lot considering we won three games, but, I mean, what else do you want if we're not getting better? That's what we needed to see. You see competency, you see coordination, and those are two things that we've lacked now since Willie Taggart took over. Even in Jimbo's last year a bit, it just seemed uncoordinated, and... You didn't see a lot of huge mistakes. Um, you saw you saw a lot of promise from the most important position on the field in both quarterbacks. You saw a competent running game, so I feel like the offense is going to be pretty damn good this year. And on the defensive side, like I said, when plays were made on offense, the DBs were right there. Uh, you didn't see a lot of big mistakes from the linebackers. The D-line didn't get a lot of pressure, but to be honest with you, I was surprised at that last open scrimmage that you saw so much pressure because we lost a lot on the defensive line. So if they're competent this year... I still feel like this defense can get the job done. Yeah, we're going to win like eight to nine games this year, I'm pretty sure. Um, and that's back on the back of uh, the affectionately, appropriately named the Immortals, which got Jermaine Johnson. The edge had a really good day yesterday. He actually was at the quarterback when he was in Quick. there. Quick. I have not seen. He is going to eat some AC offensive lines up. Also, we got Brandon Moore on the outside. Probably the, he was the most physical defensive back out there. Oh yeah, there's nothing wrong with his knee anymore. Oh, he's yeah, he's disgusting. He's he, he's yeah, gross. Yeah, we didn't really get to dive into the, the DBs, but he yeah, that yeah, kid. That yeah. he's he's a stud. And then Mackenzie Milton, like I mean, I made that you know elite lie that you know he's definitely the Heisman front runner, and whoever you know wins just starting job is going to win the Heisman. But from what I saw yesterday, those throws, and this is he's, this is someone that's only been on campus for four months and still acclimating the playbook. And someone being shorter, you know, he, he anticipates with chemistry and reads. I am kind of excited to actually see how he gets with an entire summer under the playbook. And also with Jordan Travis, too. Like, we have that cool dynamic. That we, we can actually put, even put Jordan Travis even out there also to use the legs as an option in case we need it. And his arm, as much as, you know, I was maligned as a ha- I ha- I've, been, I've been about it, is stronger. It's faster. And his accuracy is getting better. You can definitely see they communicate a lot on the, on the sideline. I was able to to peep it up a little bit, that they talk to each other a lot, which to me is something that we haven't seen a quarterback go to another quarterback and mentor them really well. And it really, really – I'm actually super excited for the room now for well, the first time in a long y'all, time. Y'all were downstairs actually um, during the presser, but they actually brought the two of them to the presser together. To get together? They actually sat down together, and they literally like – before the sound clicked on, they're joking around. So it's cool that they're, they're – yeah, they're definitely going to elevate each other. I think that um, – in the end of the day, it's a competition, but you know, a friendly competition is is good for everyone because mm-hmm. the reality is, look, knock on wood, 
Mackenzie Milton could get hurt in game two. Jordan Travis could get, you know, you want to, having two good quarterbacks is, is definitely, definitely a, uh, a, a great thing to have. I think my, my final, my final synopsis on, on this team is just what both of y'all said. They look better. Uh, eight to nine games, I'm not sure because I, until we have a deeper offensive line, I'm wary about saying Florida State's going to do much of anything. But what I will say is cohesiveness was a great word, Dave. Uh, Drake, consistency was a great word. There wasn't a single unit, position unit, other than our kickers that, you know, looked like, oh my gosh, of course it was them. You know, like... Oh boy! Yep, RDB is giving up a bunch of you know. Everyone seemed to at least be doing a serviceable job, and but yeah, not not to make us feel bad or, or beat up on ourselves, but if you can just have a serviceable athlete at all twenty-two starting positions, you should be able to win six or seven games. Especially a Florida State where you have talent. That's what I'm saying. So if if we can do that, um, but that's pretty much it, folks. So we're gonna go ahead and close her out for today. Uh, please stop by all week. Like every week, we'll be dropping an episode every single day for you. So you get 30 minutes of the boys bright and early every morning or in the afternoon, depending on when you want to listen to us. But wherever you're listening to us, whether it's Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever, make sure you uh, take a moment and rate, review, like, follow, all of those good things so you can stay up to date with us and let us know how we're doing. Make sure to shoot us five stars. And with that, for the first and hopefully not last time in person, I'm your host, Max. And with me, I had Dave and Drake. Take care, everybody. Go Noles.